Hi there, Colleen Hunt, Gluten-Free Gold, based in Delago, Panama, and welcome. Today I'm going to go through the, the uh, uh, process that I went through to uh, develop our, my recipes and my product line for uh, gluten-free baking. Uh, my mother says that the first uh, pie I made from scratch, I was four years old, an apple pie, including making the pastry. I remember baking being a part of my life as, as far back as I can remember. It always gave me so much joy. Joy and, and pride with the ability that I had to make something from so many ingredients and have something that people would enjoy. Uh, I think for, for the majority of my life, everything that I've made has been from scratch. Uh, due to necessity because of uh, uh, lack of finances and due to the fact that it, it was the way that, that I was. You, you made stuff from scratch. So, but the problem was the, the way that I baked or cooked was, especially cooked, was uh, you had ingredients in your fridge or cupboards. You had to make a meal, you threw the stuff together. You never had the same recipe twice. I, I was a joke when people went, oh, that was so good, when are you gonna make it again? I went, never. And they go, what do you mean never? I said, I don't remember what I put in there. By the time that I'm ready to make that again, it's not going to be the same. And with me providing uh, gluten-free items, I had to change that. So there's 40-some uh, years of me throwing stuff in a pot or a pan or until it turns out uh, the way I think it should taste to being able to do repeatable recipes. And... As I found out when I was doing my research, that uh, gluten-free is a totally different ballgame. All the knowledge that I had gathered and, and cultivated in the 40-some years, uh, I could put in a set in a shelf and, and put it up to dry. Because a lot of the basic techniques just didn't apply at all. So because it was an emerging market in 2012, I spent a lot of my free time, uh, evenings, uh, mornings, any time possible, and going on online and checking out uh, people's articles or people's websites and, and um, using their the popularity of the reviews of the cookbooks and websites as, as a guide of these are the people that I should follow or listen to because this is, they know how to do it. So here I am hoping I'm able to figure it out. It, it, it is so confusing at first 
and so terrifying, but absolutely worth it, that to be able to produce great tasting food has so much meaning, and it gives so much meaning to people's lives. With research and, and with talking to people, I, I started thinking that it might be possible that I, I, could, I could possibly get a knack for this. And then I'm also thinking inside, because the first year that I did the farmer's markets, I, I continued to work as a contractor, as an equipment mechanic, just to uh, balance the... Uh, lower than average income from the farmer's market. And um, some days I would think I was crazy. Crazy to do this, this, this weird, strange thing, to pursue this uh, strange avenue of a career when I had a good-paying job, a great-paying job that I worked nine hours a day for. I wasn't having to commit uh, four in the morning to 11 o'clock day to do the job and get paid well. But I wanted to start this journey. I wanted to prove that I could be successful. And I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. So... Due to the fact for the last five years I had been working in uh, uh, de development lab type uh, atmosphere. So we did uh, experiments. Uh, you change this one thing in five different cases. So, so I applied the, the same thought process to uh, my recipe developments. One of them was uh, our pierogi trials. Now, a pierogi, pierogi is a, a half circle a pasta like a ravioli. With a, the ones I did um, had a sauerkraut and potato. Uh, you do cottage cheese, cottage cheese, potato, potato and cheese. The the choices were endless, but. But um, I always had been able to do progies, no problem, with gluten. Now, I was developing uh, recipes for the dough that did not have gluten. But gluten was the thing that gave you that chewiness, the stretch of the dough. So on Fridays, when I was uh, home for a half day earlier than my normal days, I would line three or four bowls uh, in a row on the counter, and then against my better judgment, but now that I'm doing this, I had to write down what I was putting in those bowls. That was the only way that I was able to have repeatable, repeatable and successful uh, product. So I would go and I would... Uh, look at the recipe that I wanted to uh, produce good results. And I would change one item. Uh, 
either uh, increase the amount or lower the amount. And um, we have three or four different batches of progies that I would make. And then um, my husband and my daughter would help me uh, grade the progies. Um, I would grade on how uh, easy they cooked, um, how easy the dough rolled out, how easy the dough was to work with. And they would grade on the taste, the texture, and what have you. And, and I remember my daughter saying, Mom, I know you want number three real bad because it, it was uh, really good to handle. But taste-wise, uh, nah. So I, I did that for uh, a, lot of, a lot of evenings until I got the perfect, perfect recipe. But in all the times that I, I found... Uh, recipes that turned out good, I had twice as many recipes that I remember my husband's would say, uh, they aren't even good enough to use as a doorstop. Because uh, I would say, oh, well, the bread didn't turn out bad. And he goes, uh, yeah, it did. So you'd have to keep going back to the drawing board. And that's the thing with gluten-free. If, if, you can't handle one or two disappointments. You can't handle baking gluten-free. It's not you. It's not your ingredients. You need a good recipe. You need the proper ingredients, but you need the techniques. You need to know what you're looking for in uh, texture. You need to be able to uh, adjust the recipe, uh, or the baking time according to altitude, according to the humidity in the air, according to so many different factors. Something that you don't have to deal with when you're baking with gluten. But the thing is, is that, yes, it's finicky. But after you get one or two recipes under your belt, and, and you know what to recognize, and you know how to fix whatever you think is a problem, it's smooth sailing from there. Smooth sailing. So I had my uh, progi recipe finally turned out, and I was putting that. And um, I was starting to uh, realize that uh, my standards of the best recipe uh, didn't even come close to what other people posted. Uh, there was one time I remember so clearly. My daughter at the time, I'm sorry, sorry, Shandy, for mentioning this. My daughter at the time, um, when she was younger, hated her sleeping to be interrupted. Hated it with a passion. Um, so I wouldn't go even near her bedroom until she... Uh, got up by herself on her own. But there was one day I finally had a fantastic bread come out of the oven. It had the texture of bread. It had the smell of bread. It had the taste of bread. It, it, it was fantastic French bread. And I ran upstairs and I uh, went into her room and woke her up and, try this, try this, try this. And um, she was great about it. 
like she said, Mama, I, I need to sleep. But the excitement of that first time of produce, producing something that tastes that great is, is amazing. Amazing. And I hope you guys get that feeling. It, it's like I said, it's a whole different ballgame. So, <clears throat> the problem with uh, experimenting is the ingredients are so, so expensive. So, I would do very, very small batches, not like the five times batches I did for market. I would do very small batches when I had a couple hours free to experiment. And at first, um, I had some promising recipes. Uh, that that met my standards and that was uh, appearing on my uh, farmer's market tables every week. But I wanted to find more variety. And a lot of people asked me, uh, do you think you can make this? Or do you think you can make that? Or I really miss having this. Or uh, I haven't had this for like five years. And I'd go, yeah, I'll try. It, it doesn't hurt to try. And with that trying, over time, I started getting promising recipes. Results that turned out 60, 70, 80% of the time, up to 95% of the time. I wasn't having full-blown mistakes that were destined for the garbage can. Because after you start getting the experience, you know, looking at the recipe, that that is not going to work at all. And had repeatable results. It was really hard to, uh, for example, a mushroom gravy or a shepherd's pie, to take uh, the technique that I had of throwing something all together and then there, there's your supper, to physically writing everything down, no matter what I added or how much I added of it, physically writing it down so that if it did turn out, I can say, I can do this again. I can do this again. And that's how I've, I've um, changed my uh, cooking lifestyle, I guess, is uh, I don't want to miss that fantastic recipe because I was... Uh, too lazy or, or didn't feel like writing down what I put in it. Um, so sales are increasing. My uh, product line was uh, expanding. And I now was feeling more comfortable with the uh, eccentricities of gluten-free baking and gluten-free cooking. For me now, it was normal. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's amazing when you can make something and you have a customer eat it and they come back to you and say, that tasted like something that my grandmother, like 40 years ago, 
would make for me every, say, Sunday. That brought me back to feelings and emotions of when my mother, who's no longer here, how I felt when she made that for me. That's a pretty, pretty special skill. And um, something I don't take lightly. Well, in the end, the determination paid off. I have a huge uh, sets of recipe files. Uh, one file cabinet full of recipes right now. That 5% of um, recipes I can't uh, turn gluten-free real still really upset me. I dedicated a week to doing uh, puff pastry and I had to let it go. And that hurt because I don't like uh, giving up on stuff. But just because it didn't work now doesn't mean I can't revisit it and try it again. And that's, that's what I want to pass on today. What I want to pass on is just because it might not have worked for you to try baking gluten-free once or twice. It isn't you. It might have been your ingredients. It might have been your recipe. It might have been it raining outside or you're at a low altitude or you're at a high altitude. There's so many factors in baking gluten-free. So I don't want you to uh, lose interest because there's nothing more to satisfy than to be able to produce something with your own two little hands that tastes fantastic. And people are stunned that it's gluten-free and that you made it for them. Because I don't think there's any way to show your love more to people that you care about than producing something that they can safely eat. So, my customers are very happy. I'm happy that the determination I had paid off. And um, I'm hoping the goal of this podcast is that you realize that if it doesn't work the first time or the second time, please don't give up. It's going to work. And when it does, it's going to be more than well worth it. Sorry, my words don't work too well. So this is Colleen Hunt from Gluten-Free Gold, based in Delega, Panama. And this is episode four. And uh, have a good day. <laughs>